Thinking aloud. Conversations on the leading edge of knowledge and discovery with psychologist Jeffrey Mishlove. Hello and welcome. I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Our topic today is the human energy body, subtle energy, the energy of consciousness. My guest is Nancy Trivellato, who is the author of Vibrational State and Energy Resonance, Self-Tuning to a Higher Level of Consciousness. She is also author of Astral Projection, a Primer, an Introduction to Out-of-Body Experience. Nancy is the co-founder of an international organization headquartered in Portugal, where they have a large campus. It's called the International Academy of Consciousness. Welcome, Nancy. Thank you. It's such a pleasure to be here with you again. Lovely. Thanks for having me. I am delighted to be with you. I am an admirer of your work. I don't know anybody who has gone into greater depth in looking at the nuances of the human energy. Well, you could call it the human energy system. I like to think of it I as... I like to call it system, energy system. Energy yes. system. Yes. But I like to think of it myself, and maybe you, you can tell me why I might not have the uh, my finger on the heart of the matter. I like to think of it as human intention. Yes, because intention kind of guides energy and vice versa. And the energy that we have around of us or on us will influence our intention. It's interesting when we talk about our energy system is that it is not so simple to analyze it. And that's why most people study it only from one certain perspective, like only healing energy, for example, or only telepathy which has to do with energy, or only the capacity to perceive or see an aura or some non-physical presence, non-physical spirits. But in that case, we are only observing the effects, the manifestation of energy. And my interest, of course, all of that, plus how can we describe and study this energy system that, are, for lack of better term, you see how terrible it is? We are studying and researching it for decades. What would be the best term? I call it energy body. Simply because it's all connected to the physical body, it's all connected to the non-physical astral body, and that is permeating every manifestation of ours, conscious and unconscious. So how can we explore that reality? I think it's very much neglected. Well, there are many different schools of thought that recognize it. Uh, martial arts, acupuncture, yoga, all have different terminology yes. for it. And, and in a way, uh, you mentioned a few areas, but you didn't include things like spiritualism, reincarnation. This could be the key to uniting the many diverse areas of paranormal inquiry. Yeah, I think so. I think so because all of the different type of paranormal phenomena that one can experience, or even if we call it more subjective phenomena, like having a strong intuition or perceiving a presence or communicating with a relative that has passed, all of that is related to energy. But more than this, you know that nowadays, 
in so many speeches, we see somebody saying, oh, I love the energy of that person. Oh, oh, that city has such an energy. Oh, the energy of that audience was especially nice or was not open. Why are people talking about that? Because there is something we sense. It's part of us. It's instinctive. But throughout the development of our studies, the development of science, in a way, because it's not so easy to directly measure energy, we were taught to put that aside. So that is studied as a gut feeling, intuition, or some sixth sense. Whilst, in my opinion, it's as much part of our manifestation as is our brain, as is our circulatory system. And then we have our energy system. Why not go into depth to understand that and Jeff, how that affects ourselves in terms of our physical body, in terms of our overall feeling, well-being. So many people talking about well-being and, and doing so many different techniques that they are, most of them, good. I'm not going to say all of them, but most of them good. But in most of the cases, we would apply a technique not understanding how that technique works. What we know is that it works or it doesn't. Somebody would do, I'm going to pick anything, like a meditation technique or something with sounds to try and change the frequency of their energy, to try and to tune with something else or change how their energies are organized inside of themselves. But you see, the way I call it, I say it's all indirect effects. The direct effect would be us being able to sense our energy, not easy, but much easier than most people would imagine, and directly adjusting it. In the same way, if you see like, you know what, I am with a shallow breathing. I am anxious. Let me stop and breathe deeply. Why can't we be as conscious of our physio energy body and control it as well? to the degree that is possible. We don't fully control the physical body, right? But we have much more control and awareness. So I'd love to be able to create more awareness around that and to bring evidences. And that's one of the efforts that I had in my book, mm -hmm. <laughs> to bring evidences, arguments, not stating the truth. But if we don't bring forth the different evidences we have and try to connect the different areas, as you said, we are limited in how much we can study about this. Well, it's very interesting that science, by and large, doesn't recognize this form of energy. But you are committed to helping to create a world where science will come to understand it. Yes, I hope so. Most of the times, the acknowledgement of these subtle energies that we have comes through some study of healing, for example. And yeah. there are so many brilliant scientists nowadays that I have to commend for their effort into understanding how the mind can, for example, affect the growth of a plant or kill a plant. How our mind can make someone feel strong, positive, confident, or just by looking or thinking of somebody, you undermine the confidence of that person. But all of that is studied as if it would be some mysterious force that is mind or is what? Whilst I feel that we can observe the mechanism behind it and behind our intention, as you said, or our thinking, 
it is or that would conduct our energy in different ways. So some people are quite sensitive to pick other thoughts and sensations and sensations from a place. Most would not recognize that because we are not trained. Jeff, I want to mention something. I think it's very important to all of those who are going to watch us. I have been teaching this for over 30 years, all over the world, in person, many different countries, many different cultures, through the Consciousness Development Program mainly, which is aimed at helping a person to completely have an out-of-body experience, be lucid, control, and know what's going on. However, to do that, we have to go through some training with energy, because it's through energy that we are going to be able to fully control an out-of-body experience. I'm not saying that only those who did a training or who read a book has this control. This is natural. But why am I bringing this? Because in that experience that I have with this consciousness development program, what I have realized is that if I think back and examine all the different cases, it's a 40-hour program. But when I examine that, I think I never had one single student who have not been able to progress. Progress in their sensitivity, in their control of energy, in improving their energetic balance, overall being never, of course, it progresses in different degrees. Some are very good to sense. Some are very good to perceive one specific chakra, for example, or for different things. Everyone could learn. The out-of-body experience is more complex. Because to master the out-of-body experience, you need to be able to relax properly to keep your brain not interfering through the process, to make your energy be more loosened so that you can detach. And then you need to have awareness when you are out there with your non-physical body and you need to know how to interpret what you are seeing. So the out-of-body experience is a composition of so many different variables, of course, because we are dealing with physical and non-physical body. But when we talk about controlling energy, the variable is simple. It's us being able to tune with this subtle body that we have, that it's I call energy body. If we can tune with that, then there's so much we can do, and it's not difficult. I mentioned to you in one of our talks that my motto is everyone can. I have that in big letters in mm -hmm. my book and all of my lectures because mm -hmm. I think that is a very important message. Yeah. We are kind of educated in a way, in our society in general, that those who wrote a book or who have the microphone at hand and they are speaking to their audience, they are the authority, right? And especially in this field of more of non-physical studies, multidimensional, spiritual studies, whatever we want to call it, but especially in this area, we are kind of programmed, or most of us, not all of us, of course, but programmed to think we need a master. We need to be special. We need special skills. And I disagree with that. I think we need education. As much as we can go to university or go to school and you know, learn a certain skill, we can learn how to sense and master our energy body. 
the maximum possible for each of us, but we can learn. Well, you are mostly known for the velo technique. Yes. Uh, and I would like to share that uh, as much as we can in this amount of time that we have with our viewers. Mm -hmm. VELO stands for Voluntary Energetic Longitudinal Oscillations. That, that's a mouthful. Mouthful, but it's very descriptive once you understand it, yes. To discuss VELO, I, I'd love to step back a moment and see how of all of these knowledge start building up. I think it's going to be very helpful when the whole viewer audience can follow this with us. We have a phenomenon that is called vibrational state, is the title of my book. But vibrational state is a very common phenomenon. It's not a technique, it's a phenomenon, as much as out-of-body experience is a phenomenon, or clairvoyance, seeing spirits, is a phenomenon. But then, when you think of the vibrational state, many people would have that, just being relaxed or listening to a very beautiful, inspiring music, or when detaching from the body. But that phenomenon itself is what reveals one situation of our energy body. And there comes why I'm bringing this. Because the vibrational state creates a resonance, and that's why the title of my book. A resonance in all of our different chakras. I have been studying chakras since 1995. And I have a huge collection of information because I had, uh, at that time, I just wanted to see what was published. And I observed, Jeff, I do not know your experience in this area. You are so knowledgeable of different studies. Maybe you contribute. But at that time, what I noticed is that all of the authors that I could find, they would repeat lots of knowledge that would have been said by one and then repeated by another and then another. And most of the knowledge about chakras were based on symbolic language. Now, we needed symbolic language once when we were all persecuted and we had to study, you know, at the backyard and hidden and pretending we were doing something else to be able to get together and study about energy and paranormal phenomena. But nowadays, let's directly study it. So when I started seeing that about chakra, the progression was, I wanted to understand how each chakra works. And people talk some areas about six, seven, ten chakras. I particularly studied 12 of them, but how many chakras there are? Maybe hundreds? I have uh, one illustration from the Hindu literature that refers to 114. Oh, really? That I have not seen. Nice. So, okay. We would like to map it out, but now you see the connection with the technique that I have developed. Because each of these chakras, the more I would study, the more I would see that some of them, they have some patterns that are the same for each person, but we have a slightly different functioning. In the same way I have a heart, you have a heart, but they are different sizes. We may have different heartbeat rate in our rest condition. Now, it's not correct, I'm going to dare here to place some constructive criticism, but it's not correct that we would teach chakra to an audience by teaching how it works, how it's felt, what technique you should use to balance out, unblock, or activate, or open your chakra. Because 
your heart rate is different than mine, but both of us, we are alive because of our heart. <laughs> but if we're only picking from that very simple analogy, we would need to understand exactly what is the function of each chakra, and that's my struggle. I have been, and it's very difficult to study this, but what's the function of each chakra, and what is the difference between how the chakra specific one in one person is different from another. Now, having said that, each chakra is almost like they are working, functioning, operating spontaneously. If we would make an analogy with music, for example, it's like each of them playing, <laughs> you know, a different sequence of notes mm -hmm. in a different pitch, different tempo, and blah, blah, blah. it's a symphony. Mm -hmm. Each of them doing their own role. But when we are in the vibrational state condition, and here it comes, the vibrational state happens when all of the chakras are in resonance with one another. And then it creates a very strong sensation of, it's more than just a vibration. It's a huge impact of that, uh, mm, almost like an earthquake inside one's body. I, I want to emphasize it's not just any vibration, but that shows to us when we experience how each of our chakra is manifested. And that's why I created the Velo technique mm -hmm. to balance out and align all chakras. You have had a vibrational state, you told me, right? I, I have had the experience of it's like electricity mm -hmm. flowing up and down the body, I think kind of along the spine. Mm -hmm. I've had that experience uh, in a dream state, but it was very physical. It was as if you had taken a 120-volt current, U.S. Yes. current, and yes. plugged it right into my forehead. It started, I think, right here in the forehead. And it, I associated it with a kundalini experience. In the, and in fact, in the particular dream I had, just to elaborate a little bit, I had seen a, a guru, Guru Mai. People will know, some people will know Guru Mai. And uh, we had a nice experience. She passed out candy, uh, touched us in the forehead mm -hmm. with a peacock feather. Uh -huh. But then in the evening, that night, I had a dream in which she came, touched me in the forehead, and then it was very physical, electricity, 60 cycle uh, electricity running up and down my body. Very interesting. So, in a way, in your dream, you made a connection or connection with the energy of that workshop mm -hmm. and that what you are describing is a vibrational state. Mm -hmm. So, that's very strong, like an electrical current, but pleasant, right? Some yeah. people hear it and feel, oh, so that must be... It is strong. It it's is strong. Physical, even. Yes. You feel inside. You feel in each cell, but it's pleasant. Yeah. It's delicious, actually. And some people simply describe it as a vibration, and that that is a bit tricky, because there are many different types of vibration. And when we sense energy, we are sensing vibration in the same way when you are hearing a sound, it is a vibration, right, that comes through air and reach your tympans. So, energy is a vibration. But when we talk about the vibration state, we are talking about a specific type of vibration that later on, one will feel more energized, sometimes more sensitive to one's energy. 
But that phenomena showed me how is this possible for our energy body to be balanced, to be at its best. Now, many different authors, or even more than authors, um, different schools of thought from ancient periods, even from Buddha teachings, they would describe some technique that is based on moving our own energy. Mm. It's not one or two or five or hundred chakras. It's all of our energy, of our energy system, up and down or upwards and downwards inside of our bodies. Mm -hmm. And look how interesting your description. You said that you felt the electrical currents yes. as if they were waving. And because that is a natural situation that happens in our energy body, yeah. these different traditions used to f help different disciples and students to focus on that, to try and bring that condition. And I learned this um, when I was maybe around my 20s. I learned this technique, or actually I was a bit more like 25 years old when I learned, and I started practicing it. And I would practice in different moments. I would face some very hard situations. That is the complaint I hear the most. If one of those who are watching, I want to complain with Nancy, you know that complaint I've heard. If I cannot feel energy, what is it that I am moving? That was my struggle also. I'm not feeling it clearly. What am I supposed to feel? How do I know I'm doing it? But I was determined, and I continued. And that is the same type of procedure that is used, for example, in Vipassana. That procedure was also described by Bob Monroe in his first book. And actually, the term vibrational state, I want um, to acknowledge it, was proposed or coined by Bob Monroe. Nice. And it was in his first book. Mm -hmm. And after that, that term started being widely used. Mm -hmm. Before, it used to be only referred as vibrations, mm -hmm. which is super vague. Although vibration is somewhat vague as well, by the way. <laughs> but then, when he described that, he proposed that to be able to create this phenomenon of the vibrational state, one would move the energy in certain rhythm. Mm -hmm. So that was um, also passed along a lot in Brazil by a one a person that we had there, one spiritist person who was Baldo Vieira, we spoke about before, yeah. and I had joined the organization he was um, working with many years ago. Yes. <laughs> but anyways, that was very interesting, very helpful to hear the explanation of that technique that was initially proposed by Bob Monroe. I started doing that with all the difficulties I said. Mm -hmm. How fast should I do it? How can I be sure I'm doing it? But I learned, Jeff, that in no time I started feeling different. And I had tried before many different things. Meditation, which I loved, was very nice. Yoga, I loved. It helped me a lot. And different things. But everything was, um, how would I say, very temporary, very ephemeral. It would help me and then I would go back to my previous state. When I started doing this technique, it would hold for so much longer. And what I observed is that there were certain ways in which I would move my energy, certain rhythms, certain depth that would bring me 
much more result, much more. So that's why I started studying how to do it. Now, the value technique, voluntary energetic longitudinal oscillation. Yes. Velo and the name is very descriptive. Voluntary, because you do it at will. You voluntarily move your energy. You create an oscillation. An oscillation inside your body. But we are oscillating energy. So it's not physical process. It's an energetic mm-hmm. process. And that oscillation keeps, you know, going throughout the longitudinal, um, longitudinal direction of mm-hmm. your body, so through the length of the body. And in this way, we start changing that frequency of each of our chakras. So whilst our chakras are, and so the different energy systems, like the disorganized orchestra without a maestro, mm-hmm. we start organizing the flow of our energy from within. And then if there are blockages, or if there is any sort of uh, contamination coming from outside, that would create some resistance. So we have to keep going through that so that this resistance breaks and we can finally put each of our chakras to be in a good condition in terms of their resonance, their vibration. That does not mean the vibration state. It only means we are putting our energy body at a much healthier condition, which may produce or trigger the vibration state. But it will certainly make this state much more frequent and much easier. It sounds a little bit like I used to practice some pranayama, some Taoist breathing, where you breathe in and it goes down the front and you breathe out and it comes up the back and it sort of circulates up and down the spine. But you're talking about more than just the spine. I'm talking about more than just the spine. Um, Deep down, it's more or less the same logics, but it's done in a certain way that we want to assure that that flow of energy pass through all of our different cells, through all of the different areas of the energy body. So what I have learned is that different strategies only go through the spine or come in front and go to the back. All of them can produce some result. But none of these, to my knowledge and everything that I have studied and practiced and examined in other people, none of these go as deep as the velo method, which is basically move the energy up and down, but done in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Now, um, to create this method, I call it a method because the technique's ancient. Uh, We say it's a velo technique, yes, but I mean, it's more a method that I have created. Mm -hmm. I think it's worth reinforcing that I have done more than 15 years of true research taking notes, examining people, examining different ways people would move their energy, and even with my own sensitivity, um, get close to them and sense how their energy body were vibrating or operating, Mm -hmm. to be able to see what would work best for the majority of people. And now this technique can produce so much change. 
in people's life. Something simple as that. My sister, if I can bring a parallel study, may I? Yes. yes, yes. My sister, she's Ana Laura Trevelato. But my sister, who is currently the president of the IAC, she has done a study. She has a degree in psychology. Actually, she has several degrees. And she had a area that she has been very interested in. There is one study in psychology that they measure anxiety, depression, stress. And because of it, she used that specific study to start the examination, to see how well would change that. But at that point when she started, she was not so interested only in seeing how well would affect anxiety and depression, because we have different medical systems for that. We have different strategies. We were trying, or she was trying to see, how well would affect the energy of someone and how that would make a person more stable or in each way. So what I did with her, and this part I contributed, we expanded that scale, that original scale. And we expanded creating specific questions. All the questions are in the negative, so there is a way of doing it so that people are not compelled to just guess an answer or, or assume something that it's not true. But then we created these questions and we put that all mixed. No one can tell what each question is measuring. Not even if it's anxiety or depression, no one can tell. And that's the point of being an efficient method and a scale to measure something. When she got the results, I mean, Velo helped in all of the three different measurements, stress, anxiety, depression. But um, that was nice to see. But when it came to phenomena, aspects that someone would have in terms of energy sensitivity, that made such huge difference. Plus, loads of other benefits and results that we didn't expect. What are the things somebody can feel if they are energetically sensitive? Just to give examples. And maybe those who are listening to us will start bringing it to their own reality. Feeling your thoughts are polluted. Polluted in which way? I'm not saying with bad thoughts. Sometimes bad thoughts and very bad thoughts. Thoughts of violence, of sexual strange stuff. But it's not only that. Sometimes it's just like chattering the mind. You cannot focus. Sometimes there could be sensations like um, emotional states that would come for no reason. Or somebody would feel absolutely melancholic with no good explanation. Or wake up in the middle of the night feeling like anguished, like distressed, and you, you think, what is wrong? And you do not know. Or you talking to someone, and then during the night or in the following days, you cannot remove the idea of that person or what you have heard from that person or the feeling of that from your mind. Or you watch a movie that is contaminating psychologically, or especially a horror movie that sometimes connects us to strange, not so positive spiritual presences. And somebody can start having that lingering. It's not only lingering the recollection. It's not only a thought. It's a feeling. 
you think of that and that brings that strange feeling. And then the person says, I'm not going to think about this. Okay, let me get distracted. But after a while, the sensation comes and reminds you of that. And then you go back. And some people may have even sensations like even in their bodies or difficulty with social skills like communicating, talking to others or receiving any comment about themselves. But now to be clear, the velo technique is not engendering these negative experiences. It is addressing those. It's addressing. It that. is addressing because all of these experiences, not engendering, but addressing how you can protect yourself from mm -hmm. that. But it's more than protecting. It is creating the health condition or a health mm -hmm. condition in your energy body mm -hmm. so, so that you are less affected by that. You're suggesting that people come to the class and they're already having these experiences. I suggest that many people, many, have this experience. People and what do they attribute it to? I'm tired. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, I have always been like that. I don't like people. I don't like going out. They don't have any. What, what explanation would you, one... You've trained thousands of people, so you've probably seen it all. I've seen a lot. Mm -hmm. And of course, there are psychological conditions that could create these. Mm -hmm. There can be someone who has been traumatized, abused, and have lots of uh, invasive thoughts yeah. um, that it's produced by themselves. I'm not saying all of these is some sort of psychic, energetic sensitivity. I'm not suggesting that. But what I am trying to make a point here, Jeff, is that People are much more sensitive than they would assume. All of us, all of us, we have an energy structure, energy system that is connecting with others. It is present. It's like when you see somebody who smiles at you and have a friendly face, it produces a certain reaction on you. And when it's someone grumpy or something, it produces a different feeling. What if? energy field of that person or of a place can also produce effects on you, but you are not aware of it. So you just assume it's you, it's your mind, it's nothing. What if? Only for the what if. So I think we need to study the condition of each person to know what is what. But throughout these decades, I have seen so many people who, it's not that there's anything wrong with their lives. On the contrary, there is a French lady I spoke with just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so I was in a one-on-one talk to her. And she was telling me, very successful, young, has a family, has two beautiful children. She would always prefer not to go out. She would avoid going to a party, even family reunion. Because for her, it was too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. She would tell me, I look at a person and I kind of feel what they are feeling. I do not know what that is. She has been like that throughout her whole life. Mm -hmm. And she only became aware that that could be some energetic sensitivity in the last year. So you imagine that. You, what you seem to be saying is we're all already working with energy all the time. We don't appreciate that that's, that's what, what we're doing. Yes. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's part of our lives. 
each person will have different degree of awareness and control of it. Each person will have a different degree of sensitivity to it. But I think it's part of everybody's life. And um, it's if we think of the physical body, if I would get, for example, a personal trainer, ideally, he or she would have to see, you know, Nancy, how flexible you are, um, what is the condition of your bones, what can you eat, what is the ideal nutrients that you need for your body, and what is it that we want to achieve, you want more muscle mass, you want to be with more resistance, what is it? So ideally, we would have to have a study about ourselves in order to adjust what we should do with our physical bodies to achieve the best we can. Now, what I am saying is that it should be possible to do the same in terms of the energy body. And um, and many people, they, how would I say, they sense it clearly enough to know it. But how do you bring references? Because when we created something like nutrition, and that's changing the whole time, probably that's the hardest discussion nowadays, right, Jeff? <laughs> Every month you get a new nutritional guru. But in your case, the Velo technique seems stable and simple. Uh, you, It seems almost like a panacea. It's the one technique you teach everybody, is it not? It is a for energy work. I think it's an essential technique, not the only one, because there are many different techniques. And even techniques for aligning the chakras or balancing out, even those techniques, there are many different ones, and each can work for a different person. That's why I am referring to the differences mm -hmm. of each individual's energy body. Yeah. However, if we would think of what would be the healthiest for our physical body, some things are logical, right? Mm -hmm. Eat well. Uh, make sure you are sleeping enough hours. Uh, don't be too sedentary. Okay, let's say value is the equivalent of that. Why? Let me explain why. I'm not taking that out from my head. It's a lot of research behind it. But the reason is that we start creating some sort of unblocking and adjusting how the energy flows into our energy body. In the same way somebody, when they do exercise, their blood circulation may improve. It's the same thing with the energy body. So it's a type of fitness for the energy body. And then when that starts working better, each individual will be able to sense what technique is better for them. Um, do they sense their third eye or frontal chakra? Are they more sensitive to maybe spiritual presences around? Maybe many don't acknowledge that. We don't have to all sense all of this. But what is the type of sensitivity one would have? Mm -hmm. Some people, their physical bodies is so tough, I don't know, or they are not so much in tune with it. They eat anything, they do anything, they don't see the difference. Mm -hmm. We can have that in terms of somebody sensing their own energy body. But if we train that person, if we show what they can learn and what they can do, they can improve, they can become healthier. Now, because VELO creates this more well-distributed energy circulation of our energy, let me put it in this way, moving 
between one chakra to another and keeps them blocking. And that produces some sort of decontamination. If you went somewhere and there was some energy that was not so pleasant around and that got attached to your energy system or to one of your chakras, you do value because you change the frequency of that chakra, that contaminating energy eventually will not be able anymore to resonate, to be attached. So it's not so much of a mechanical thing, but it is also like we change the information that we have in our energy body. Because of it, then when we keep practicing VELO, we produce this balance that will show to us what is our skills, how we sense energy, how we can apply it. And it varies a lot from one person to another. Some of the results that, um, not myself, my, my sister Anna Laura got from her study, is that people had loads of benefits, even in physical terms, which is something I never examined before. Mm-hmm. Because the, the subjects that I have studied, and they were hundreds and hundreds, even to the scale of thousands of people, but all of them, they were familiar with the idea of chakras. They were interested in sensing energies. Mm-hmm. They were familiar with the idea of uh, living the body, uh, astral projection. Mm-hmm. So it was not a regular audience. What she did is that she coined this as um, energy mindfulness. Energy mind- mindfulness. And she made a call um, open in the internet for people to join her research. Mm-hmm. And then she created a very well-established protocol for that research. And people would come. Some of them never heard of subtle energy, of the word chakra. Some didn't even know out-of-body experience existed. And she taught them without ever saying the word or the expression, velo, never saying chakra. And of course, they struggled. What is it that I have to do? And then she would teach how to do it, mm-hmm. but in vague terms. But you move in this way, you create this rhythm, you make sure you are focusing on such and such aspect. So she taught Velo. And the results, some people, they had out-of-body experience. Mm-hmm. And they wrote back to her something she didn't expect. She was only trying to have a quantitative study. But the most interesting thing she got were the spontaneous feedback. Mm -hmm. Some people wrote to her, look, my legs start flowing. I was upside down and I was still awake. What is that? So they started leaving the body. They had um, vibrational state spontaneously. There were some accounts that, for me, they are most valuable ones. Like one gentleman, he had been to his seventh surgery. Throughout a period of one year and a half, his life was terrible into that term, and he engaged. And she wrote to her, well, that has been the best months of my life. Mm. So well he could feel inside of himself. Mm. So I have seen cases in which when the technique is well done, it can even make somebody get rid of depression. I'm not saying it is a cure for depression. I'm I'm not putting this as a panacea. I'm putting this as a tool. Mm-hmm. In the same way, a healthy diet can be a tool for so many different things. A tool, not for certain. This method 
is also important too. But what happens if somebody's sensitive, Jeff, if, um, let's say, you were the type that everyone you look at, you get energy from them and lots of empathic um, connections and you keep feeling things and sometimes ideas would come to your mind and, and distract you and those are not necessarily the tr- or the thoughts that you were having, the train of thoughts that you were having. So it starts contaminating. If you were that person or anyone who would be like that, if they started maintaining their energy system more clean, more balanced, that changed completely how they sense themselves in the world. So I think it's just a tool, just um, maybe another technique, but that can be very helpful. Well, and you seem to be suggesting that it opens up other techniques. Exactly, because once you are sensitive to energy, let's say somebody starts doing say, oh, my third eye, it pulses when I am in certain places. They never had that before, never recognized that before. Mm. So it opens up lots of different type of psychic and paranormal phenomena. The beauty of it, which makes me very confident in teaching Velo. I don't, I apply or I teach many different techniques, but before I teach any technique or like when we do in the consciousness development program, I have to be sure the person knows what they are handling. Otherwise, one may do a technique that may produce side effects. Mm-hmm. Now, the beauty of VELO and why I suggest that people would at least do that in parallel, not necessarily starting with that, but at least doing parallel, is that the degree that you manage to do it, that makes you even more open, more sensitive, more capable of understanding what's going on in the energetic realm, is the same degree that it increases your self-defense and balance. Because VELO is the best technique I know for self-defense. And I'm not saying that out of personal experience only. I have done loads of tests with people, different people, trying to see how other energies would penetrate their system while they are doing VELO or doing other techniques. And um, so because of it, I, it is a safe method. I teach that um, in my channel. People go there. It's I'm teaching the technique. The technique is simple, but I'm giving tips on how to do it more properly and go deeper. I am. I have no problem with that. But I wouldn't go to the same degree, for example, as teaching healing techniques. Why, Nancy? Is healing not positive? Yes, it is super positive. Can anybody do that? Yes, it's an ability that all of us would have, um, at least intrinsically speaking. However, when you are doing a healing, you can connect with many different types of realities and energy and sometimes assimilate some of the person you are trying to heal. Yes. Condition. Healers often report. Report it. They, the way I hear it put is they take on the karma of the people they're healing. And sometimes... I. It can be very strong. I know that working with people for so long. But even more than that, sometimes you are trying to heal somebody, even at a distance, and there is a certain entity there. Let me put it this way. So it's not only the person's traumas, traumas from past lives that is there impregnated, because this is who we are and we have to be aware of it. But what about the 
external energies that is contaminating the person? What about entities that may be there taking advantage of perhaps some characteristic of the person and being around? So you are doing a healing. In a way, you are removing lots of the power of that entity mm-hmm. over that individual, depending on the type of healing, depending on the condition, but sometimes it happens. Mm-hmm. And in some cases, I'm not generalizing it, it's possible that that entity comes and you somehow are affected by that in different degrees. Mm-hmm. And then, so for example, healing. I, I have a course that I'm doing on helping people how to do healing, how to understand what's behind it, how to apply their energies, how to sense what's going on. But for somebody to do that and for you to teach, you need to know how stable the person is. And VELO is a safe method, it's a safe technique that anyone can apply. If they are not doing it so well, they are not going to have anything negative. And if they do so well and they become so sensitive and they leave their bodies, they have a tool they can use even outside the body for their self-defense, to control the experience. So I, I like the technique because of this. Well, let's talk about the details of the technique itself. You talk about oscillations, longitudinal oscillations going up and down the body. I can envision uh, like a hula hoop around my body going up and and down. So, it it, it would involve visualization then. It involves intention. Mm -hmm. Visualization is a term that means different things for different people. Mm -hmm. Some people use the word visualization to manifest or express that they are intending, they are putting their attention into it. So, absolutely, you have to think of it. You have to intend. You have to place some effort that is even a mental effort to concentrate. But some people use the word visualization as in creating an image in their mind. And that I don't recommend. Why not? Not because it's going to be negative. No. Maybe even facilitate in some cases. But I have already had people that ask me, look, I was thinking of a beautiful golden light or a spiral or something moving. Could you see if I was doing it? No, you have to know if you were doing it. And when you go into visualization too deeply, that helps in a way because you tune more with your energy, but that may put you in doubt if what you are experiencing is just what you would like to achieve, or what you are doing. But there is a mid-term to that. And what we would do is like when you have um, in an orchestra, and you have a trained ear, you can see everybody playing, but you want to hear that violin. Mm -hmm. So you pay attention and you see the notes coming from that violin. Same thing we would do is creating some sort of focus in which we can isolate all the different noises and signals, sensation of, uh, you know, temperature or physical body, if we are tired or not, how we are, isolate as much as possible and focus on that violin, which here in my analogy is our energy. And once we do that, sometimes it's very loud, but sometimes you hear it just a bit with the other instrument, doesn't matter. So you try, you just try. Because you have to start by trying until you are going to hear that violin. So you try. And then what you will do is 
with your intention. Create that wave of energy going down your body until the very sole of your feet. And then you bring it up to the very top of your head. It doesn't go out through the head or through the feet. It's all inside the body. But it has to go through, passing through the whole body. And then when this happens, we have such a condition in which some blockage, they start being displaced, lifted. It can be the first time. It can be after a couple of weeks, after a month. But if we do it correctly, we start seeing results soon. Two difficult things for people, if I may address them directly. One is how to sense. So I think we have to base a lot on how focused we are. I cannot hear that violin, but I am still trying. If you are trying, if you are focused, your intention will guide the energy. So is that visualization? For some people, that's how they call it. It, it almost feels to me more like what you're saying is the energy is already oscillating and I just need to... Just organize them. Feel it. Feel it, but they are oscillating in different rhythms mm -hmm. in each area of the body. So you could have, for example, an area, so I'm just going to bring here to my spleen, an area in which the energies are not so flexible. So I'm going to make sounds here, but to describe it more easily. So let's say here it feels like more, but then you have another area here that it's like so which is positive? Which one is the correct frequency for each of the tracks? We only can know that after we have references. We can compare many. But Velu would do that. So would get all of that dissonant orchestra and organize that, organize the flow of energy in a way that then we can start sensing each of our chakras. We can have uh, healthier perceptions of our energy. So it's very nice. So I was saying one difficulty, sensing energy. Second one, um, for those who would like to try and follow is what speed? So I put it down. I bring it up. How fast? How is low? And the idea is it has to be a certain tempo, rhythm that we can follow. And it's not only following with our thought. It's following with the impulse of the energy. So we would put it down. And up. So let's say this is speed to start, and then people will have a sense of how it works for them. So that would be the way to start, I'd say. In my case, I have to reference myself somewhere to, to get a handle on yes. this. When I think of my energy, my own energy, at one time I created this image, this rainbow yin yang was how I, I sort of pictured the energy flowing. I even have an animated version in the beginning of the videos where the, the color changes as it rotates. It's sort of uh, in balance and harmonious and I thought to myself, this is a picture of my own soul. Yes, or at least a reflection of mm -hmm. your soul, may yes. I put it this way, because it's reflecting on your energy, how your energy flows, what color it has, but I don't refer to color as red or green. What's the tone? What is the timbre of it? Mm -hmm. Because each of us, we have a different thing. One thing, Jeff, is like when we move the energy inside of our bodies, we are going through the root of the chakras. What that is producing is an activation that comes out. So it's like I keep doing this, but 
the area or my aura, mm -hmm. the area that is, you know, an expansion of my energy body, yeah. it flows, it moves, it becomes brighter. Mm -hmm. We can even do exercises in which people with clairvoyance, they would see our aura and we move our energies and they see the differences. Mm -hmm. So that is what happens. So one thing is what we produce there in the core, in the root of the chakras, which I consider more important than what's more in the surface, even though what's more on the surface is easier to recognize. Mm -hmm. But that is the challenge of Velo. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, it sounded simple at first, but it's getting more and more complex as, as we... Uh... As we discuss. Yes. Yes, that's how it is in a way, because we have our past lives and so many feelings, memories that right now are not conscious. So, some of us, we may have like uh, positive manifestations or traumas or difficulties that they are even coming from before. Now, we passed and now we are in a new body. May I go into that line of thinking? We are in a new body. So what does a previous life have to do with this? Okay. The astral body of that previous life is the same of this one, the non-physical body, the psychosoma. Now, when I leave the body, I look like Nancy. That's how I see myself. But the characteristic of that body that is looking like Nancy is not Nancy. That's just a reflection of how I picture my image. But the information that is there in that body comes from the previous lives and the previous... It's the same. The non-physical body, the astral body, is the same throughout all lives. Now, you, Jeff Michelov, <laughs> you are there. And then at some point, Conception, that consciousness, is then connected to a physical body. Mm. There is loads of feelings that we have that we know mm. they were born with us, they are innate. Even some things that we were never taught, they spontaneously appear. Some characteristics in which we are completely different than our siblings, for example, they are very unique. How are they transferred from the energy body, astral body, forgive me, the non-physical body, spirit body, whatever. You also use the term psychosoma. Psychosoma, or how are they transferred from that psychosoma non-physical body to the physical one here, to this memory, so that I have a feeling of who I have always been. What is it that I would like to achieve in this life? The means that allow the transference of that information or knowledge innate is energy. So one given area, field of energy in our body, on chakra, can have accumulated information that is pertaining to a previous life. I know instead of simplifying, I made it worse. <laughs> I know. But I am going, if you give me two minutes, I am going to separate into pieces and we'll see where it comes into place. Very good. Because if we have certain sensations and certain characteristics in our chakra that is very unique, that is related to things that we have already experienced. Some we remember, some we don't have a clue, some are completely unconscious. But it's also related with some of the energy that may be around in the environment. When we start doing velo and adjusting the energy of that chakra, in the root of it, we start also organizing that information. So what I've seen is that velo is excellent for an immediate self-defense. But it's also very good for us to having a clearer sense 
of our own sensation, who we are. Because sometimes there are characteristics, traits of personality that we manifest that we would like not to have them. Have you ever had any of these, Jeff? Personality? Not, not having to... No, not me. <laughs> not you. I have. I had. And I think I still have some some things that I sometimes feel that I say, it would be so good if I wouldn't be you know, vulnerable to this. Mm. Or if I would be stronger into mm. that. Yeah. But that's who I am, and I have to deal with that. Mm. But when I am able to start working on my energetic structure, considering that um, energetic system or even is what connects the physical body to my non-physical psychosoma, then I am adjusting what sort of information I bring. People can have much more healthy sensation of who they are. Mm -hmm. Feeling less lost, I think many of us we feel lost sometimes. Am I alone? What, what is it that I have to do in this life? Value is not a panacea. It's not going to answer that. I don't, I cannot answer this to each person. But if we could have a better sense of our own energy, who we are beyond this body, that definitely helps us have a better sense or have a more precise compass of what is the direction of our lives. At the end, summarizing, I think we can understand our energy body as much as we understand our physical body. Physical body, you can dissect someone, right? Yes. <laughs> After the path. So you dissect, you study. How do you dissect the energy body? <laughs> so you cannot see it. What is the information that we have? Mm -hmm. Maybe uh, you, Jeff, telling me how you sense your heart chakra, and I tell mm -hmm. you how I sense mine, and and hearing from other people. So we start establishing what are the evidences of how the heart chakra works on each person, and that's how we have to start creating some sort of study on the anatomy of the energy body. And that is as far as I dare to go. I'm not saying I created clearly that anatomy, but I can say I have been studying since 95 mm -hmm. <laughs> to get close to that. Why is it that I have not published a book on that yet? Because every time I work on it, I have more questions than answers. And then I want to examine more people because I'm not going to be able to create this alone. We need years, decades of study. Well, you already did publish a very thick book about it. Yes, about one of the phenomena, right? About value and vibrational state. Yes. But if we were to describe the whole anatomy yes. or even the physiology, put in this way, of the energy body, of our energy system, mm. how far should we go with a study to be able to bring some basis. It can be very oh, complex. I have seen kundalini yoga systems with thousands of different pathways that move through the energy body. Uh, it, it's mind-boggling. But one of the points I'm gathering from what you're saying, because you brought up the question of psychic self-defense, and you brought up the issue of self-awareness, knowing who you are seems to be the very first step in psychic self-defense. Yes, yes. But sometimes, 
in some conditions, even someone that is not so sensitive to their own energy or yet not so advanced, or let's say they did not reach the level they would like to in terms of their self-knowledge, just the mechanical application of VELO can do wonders. But there is much more ahead. Mm -hmm. And then would come the self-knowledge part for a deeper transformation. But if someone only wants, you know, a greater self-defense, or what do I do if I am outside my body and I encounter someone that Mm -hmm. I don't feel comfortable with, a negative Mm -hmm. entity, or I end up in a place that I want to get out of there and I do not know how, Mm -hmm. then when that projector who do the value out there, which is much easier than here, uh-huh. the results are quick, immediate. Here, it takes longer mm-hmm. because the physical body is so dense that it takes longer for the results. Mm-hmm. But out there, by all means, all of those who are watching us and they have out-of-body experience, apply it there. And you do not need necessarily a course. You, you may want to go deeper into pr- working with this technique, but the minimum you do will make a huge difference. Mm-hmm. No. Well, in terms of psychic self-defense and, and the velo technique and the vibrational state, I'm under the impression you start with the velo technique, even though we began our discussion about the vibrational state. But it's through working with the oscillation, the vertical oscillations, and your partner Wagner explained to me that you do it gradually faster and faster, faster and faster. And then at some point you reach that sense of the vibrational state, which is like electricity up and down the body. Yes, absolutely. So what we do is that that mechanical thing that will align the chakras and make our energy more fluid in Mm -hmm. a way, which is very productive beneficial to experiencing more vibrational states. Mm-hmm. However, because the vibrational state is a phenomenon, when we do VELO, we are using a technique to produce the phenomenon. Yeah. In an analogy, it would be like if we talk about out-of-body experience. So many people experience, you know, the astral projection spontaneously. Mm-hmm. They didn't try. Same thing, the vibrational state. It just happens. Mm-hmm. But by studying, as in analogy, the out-of-body experience, you can develop techniques to make the out-of-body experience easier, more lucid. Value is the equivalent to this, and that's why I started explaining the vibration state, mm. because we learned about value through the phenomenon mm. of vibration state, mm. and then we produce or try to envision techniques that can bring us as far as we would be if we had a vibration state. And sometimes with value, we trigger it. Sometimes we don't. But what's important is, what, are, what is the progress? How far have we got? So I think that, that counts a lot. Now, in, in my case, as I explained to you, I had what you acknowledge would be a, a vibrational state. It happened spontaneously. I didn't make it happen. But you're saying people can make it happen. Yes, yes by creating this activation in their energy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the more you harmonize all of these different vibrations of each chakra, the easier it is to trigger a vibrational state. Mm-hmm. And sometimes so easy that you can s- experience 
three of them during the day, and you say, they came spontaneously. Well, yes, but because you have prepared your energy before. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, they come spontaneously more easily. And then also, astral projection, it's so much easier to produce astral projection, to experience them, when our energy are more flexible, more loosened, for the very obvious reason we just said, these energies connecting the two bodies. Mm -hmm. So we can produce better astral projections, because it, in my opinion, mm -hmm. it's more a matter of quality than quantity. We want very lucid ones, very good ones, rather than a bunch of astral projections that we are not sure if they are astral projections. Mm -hmm. And with regard to psychic self-defense, how does the vibrational state play in there? I think the vibrational state is not directly related to the psychic self-defense, mm -hmm. but in the case, for example, that it comes spontaneously because it adjusts the frequency of each chakra, it may make it much more difficult mm -hmm. for certain type of spiritual presences mm -hmm. to get closer to us, mm -hmm. those that are not so appropriate to us, yeah. and make it easier mm -hmm. for spirit guides and more positive consciousness to get close to us. And the idea is, if the vibrational state can produce that, by generating a certain frequency in our energy body in a certain condition. What if we learn a technique, such as VELO, in which by or at will, we can start bringing our energetic condition closer to this? There is one new study that I'm doing now, and I have, um, have been doing some research about it and writing, and I am going to start a course on it that I call Energy Force Field. Energy force field. Energy force field. The name is self-explanatory, I think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like if we can kind of produce this specific condition of our energy to the degree we can, yeah. of course. Same thing if you teach physical, personal defense for somebody with um, martial arts or something. One can be stronger than another, mm -hmm. but in whichever degree, if we manage to establish that, so if we manage to establish a healthier energy field around of us, but it's not only balanced and healthy, mm -hmm. but that is so stable, that is the key word, so stable that would not easily be altered by what comes from outside. And that works like a filter. But a filter that is not filtering everything out. It's adjusting mm. those type of frequencies, energy that are productive, or consonant to who we are, that has some relation with us, that we would like, we would welcome them. Mm. They pass through. But those that are intrusive, mm. they are just exploiting maybe mm. the fact that we are not so conscious at certain moments, mm -hmm. especially, especially the type of energetic, and spiritual presences who approach us during the night. Yes. Because while we are in the waking state, lots of these things happen. Mm -hmm. Some people more, others less. Okay, we have acknowledged that. But when we are asleep, we spend lots of time unconscious. Um, the whole time? No, hopefully not, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> hopefully there will be moments in which we are in a lucid astral projection, mm -hmm. or we are in a telepathic contact with something positive, 
but most of the time, and that's unavoidable. We are unconscious. But all of these information that are impregnated in our energy that we discussed about, from traumas we have of this life, of other lives, you know, brainwashing in different ways from society and the fears and all of that. We all have these in different degrees. All of that is manifesting in our energy body as some sort of information. And then it allows certain approaches, certain type of energy and spiritual presences, entities to get closer. And some people, they go to bed in one way. When they wake up, they are worse. Mm. in terms of their overall state yes. than when they went to bed. But what happen? happened? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, other times they have a certain dream or something that they remember mm. that contaminates them. And throughout the day, that sensation keeps coming back. Mm. But most do not remember what happened. Mm. And that happens to me and to you as well. Because even those who remember a lot, they cannot say they are remembering everything because they only know they remember what they remember because what they don't remember, they don't know it's there. So it's obvious there are things that we are not conscious of. And in that case, if we create this energy force field that is stable, that self-sustained, and it has to be worked to a certain point, it's almost as an automatic self-defense. You know, something happened to me now that I think about it that seems to be emblematic of what you're saying. I was very young. This is over a half century ago. I was asleep. I was in bed and some people broke into my bedroom with knives and threatened to kill me. And I became possessed. It felt like I was being possessed by a very high consciousness, practically like Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. I was calm. I stood up. I was naked. And, you know, there they are with knives. And they were frightened of me. Something happened. I was, I can't explain the consciousness because it came over me. I didn't call it. But it was just what was needed because they were so frightened when they saw me, unafraid of them, that that they just ran away. They sensed the strength you had at that time, which was an energetic strength. An energetic strength, probably from a past lifetime. From a past life, and you were with enough condition for that positive consciousness to get close to you. It's, it's, It's not for granted. It's not just anybody who can connect with that. But how nice an experience you are describing, if I may say, when you were talking about it, everything around of you changed so much. It was nice to watch. And and that's what I'm talking about. And sometimes we have this sort of thing that comes in the right moment, but sometimes we have it in the negative sense. Um, and if you had never had, you are so fortunate. But it's like we plan a lot for something we are going to do, and all of a sudden we feel we lack strength. And there's a lot of uh, the energetic presence mm-hmm. there. And it oscillates, but the more we can tune with the type of energy that it's more in consonance yes. to our level of ethics, to our level of evolution, 
to who we are inside in terms of our personal principle, the better, mm-hmm. the better. And it's so strange, I'm going to say something uh, maybe not so obvious, maybe even a bit paradoxical, but this type of sensitivity that we are talking about, it's so positive. You you open your mind to see a reality and gives you so many tips and information, and I'm sure that has guided you throughout your life. But in some case of some people, that works in detriment to them mm-hmm. because they are sensitive, but they do not know how to tune with the right energy. So they are always getting the worst of it. Mm-hmm. And then I tell them, how is it possible that the best characteristic of you, which is to care for people, to love, to want to see everyone in harmony, is used against you to make you, in a way, more vulnerable when you are out or when you are, you know, exposed to some situation that you have to manifest your opinion. It cannot be. We have to get the good side of that as well. And that is a type of energetic strength that my message is everyone can become better into that. Everyone can. And of course, if we can have good teachers, if we can have a good research study, if we can start correct, the best, even better. But everyone can do it by themselves. And, uh, you know, I never get tired of saying it. In my youth, um, I used to hear a lot, like, uh, when you are ready, everything will happen to you. Yes, but sometimes bad things happen. (laughs) (laughs) And sometimes you could expedite the process. Mm -hmm. So what took me 20 years to learn with personal experience, another 15 plus years to research, to get to the understanding of what's the best way to move energy to get to the best results faster, Mm -hmm. if I can transfer that to someone else, in two years, they are ahead of what I was, that I had to wait 30 years to get there. Mm-hmm. That is knowledge. That is the beauty of it, right? Well, the wonderful thing is that you're still teaching this work. People can come to uh, the International Academy of Consciousness in Portugal and attend classes and workshops Workshops there. and many of them online. Um, I have videos in which I teach some characteristics Mm -hmm. of VELO that people can absolutely follow and practice Mm -hmm. by themselves. If it's okay with you, I send you the link and then you can put in the description. The link will be in the description Perfect, because Yes, people go click and, oh, let me see Mm -hmm. more how to do it. Because it's, um, of course, we want to use the time here for things that are not published and they can easily access their tips on how to do it. Well, Nancy Trivellato, what a pleasure to be with you. Your work is especially important in this day and age where uh, we're facing crises and chaos almost everywhere we turn. Navigating through life is becoming harder and harder for people. Uh, It would be a blessing if the work that you have been teaching for decades were more widely known. And I, I hope that helps each individual in the world. Mm-hmm. And that's the plan, right? That's why I do it. Yeah. Thank you for providing me a, such a good platform to it, discuss about. It is my pleasure to share your wisdom with the New Thinking Aloud audience. And for those of you listening or watching, thank you for being with us. You 
other reason that we are here. I imagine that by now many of you already realize that, in conjunction with White Crow Books, we've just launched the new Thinking Aloud Dialogues book imprint, and our first title is Is There Life After Death? We've just released issue number two of the New Thinking Aloud quarterly magazine. You can download a free copy at the New Thinking Aloud Foundation website, newthinkingaloud.org.